Hi there, and welcome to MoslaCast. This podcast series aims to provide relevant and realistic exam preparation for medical school clinical finals. The episode will feature a clinical scenario, followed by a seven-minute example history. Finally, as with the Mosler exam, there will be six minutes of discussion, with opportunities for you to pause the recording and test your knowledge. If you'd like a full guide on how to get the most out of these podcasts, check out our Mosler Guide track. These cases are based on real examinations and are written by doctors with experience of Moslers. Enjoy and best of luck. A 15-year-old girl has come to the GP with her father for a routine checkup of a chronic condition. Please take a history focusing on the impact of the condition on the patient's life. Hello, my name's Laura and I'm a final year medical student. Can I start by asking you names? I'm Alice and this is my dad. I'm Brian. Nice to meet you both. Alice, I understand you've come in for a checkup of a long-term medical condition. Is it alright if I ask you and your dad a few questions about it? Yeah, that's fine. Great. So remind me, how old are you, Alice? I'm 15. Okay. And you've had this condition for a long time? The problems with my chest, you mean? Yeah, I can't remember not having it. Okay, so it's a problem with your breathing. And you've had it your whole life then. Is that right, Brian? Yeah. Well, she was diagnosed when she was about four. Okay. So, Alice, would you be able to tell me a bit more about your breathing problems? Well, I can't really remember not having problems with my breathing, so I don't know how it all started, but I do remember being in primary school and I just couldn't keep up with my mates playing in the playground and stuff because I'd get all wheezy and out of breath and that. So exercise affects your breathing? Yeah. Is there anything else that you've noticed that makes you wheezy apart from exercise? It always feels like it's worse in the winter, when it's cold and wet. And it's worse when I'm at my grandparents' house because of the dog. Poor Whiskey. I really love that dog too. So there's a few things that make you wheezy then. Do you have any other symptoms apart from the wheeze? Um, nah, not really. Well, not now she doesn't. But she always used to get an awful cough at night when she was little. I see. And how long did that go on for? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. A long time, though. She was always a bit chesty when she was young. Every winter she got a horrible cough and a wheezy chest. She grew out of it a bit, but that nighttime cough stuck around for ages uh, until she was started on that puffer that she takes twice a day. So you've got an inhaler then, Alice? Yeah, I've got two. I've got one that I take on a morning and on a night, and then the blue one that I just take when I need to. And how often do you need to take the blue one? I use it more in the winter, like once or twice a day. Or if I'm doing PE at school, then I'll need it. But most days I I don't use it at all. So your breathing problems are fairly well controlled then, really? Yeah, probably. And you don't really get a cough at night or early in the mornings? Nah, not really. I do remember getting that more when I was little, but like Dad said, it's basically gone now. Especially since I started taking that inhaler um, in the morning and at night. You've mentioned that you used to get wheezy and out of breath doing PE and that you needed to use your inhaler when you exercise. Do you think it affects how much you can do when you're playing sports? Maybe. Like, 
It used to more when I was little. The teachers always used to make a right fuss in PE at school, like make me sit out of stuff in case I got out of breath, which is embarrassing because my mates used to take the mick that I couldn't do sports. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It must have been difficult for you. It was a pain, like, but it's not that much of a bother now. I take two puffs of my brown inhaler before I go to school, and if I know I've got PE or I'll be playing sports or something, I just make sure I've got my blue inhaler handy if I need it. I just leave it in my sports bag by the side of the field or sports hall or whatever. I don't want anything that can stop me playing sports. Oh, that's good. So you can take part in all the sports you like? Yeah. Is there anything other than playing sports that it affects at all? Not that much. Well, apart from being around dogs. Poor whiskey. Oh, yes. You said your breathing gets worse at your grandparents' house because of the dog. Yeah. If we're around at the grandparents' house, we, we do try and keep the dog out of the room. But it's difficult because its hair gets everywhere. We have to be really careful, though. She had a really bad do with her chest once when we were there. Had to take her to A&E and everything. Have you been in hospital many times because of your chest? No, not really. That time I was in A&E for a couple hours and had the mask on and everything. I think I've been to A&E one other time. I've never been, like, properly in hospital, though. Well, but you were when you were a kid, but you were too little to remember that properly. Could you tell me a bit more about that, Brian? Uh, yes. Uh, she was about three, I think, before she had been diagnosed and got the inhalers. Like I said, she used to get all chesty and get a cough and snotty nose. We thought nothing of it. She was in nursery and the children always pick up some bug or other. But this one day she was really wheezy, worse than she'd ever been, and, and couldn't catch her breath. Did you have any ideas at the time about what it was? We had no idea. She'd never been that bad before. We were just terrified she was going to die. She looked awful. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. It must have been awful for you and Alice's mum. Yes, we, we were in bits. Yes, we were in bits. She was in hospital for a few days. She had, um, nebs, is, is that it? A nebulizer. Yes, yes, that's the one. She had one about every half hour the day we took her in, and, and we had to hold it to her face at night when she was asleep. She was all right in the end, though. We got the blue puffer and the, the spacer thing to take home with us for a couple of weeks, and then the GP saw her in the surgery and diagnosed her, and she got a prescription and, and regular checks and that after. And she's not had an episode that bad since? No, uh, touch wood. Oh, that's good to hear. So, Alice, apart from your breathing, are you usually fit and well in yourself? Yeah. Any problems with hay fever or eczema? I don't, but Mum has a thing. Is that right, Dad? Uh, yes, her mum gets awful hay fever come springtime. Yeah, and um, my little brother has eczema too. Do you have any allergies that you know of? Well, dog hair, like I said... Does that count? I, I, I just get wheezier with that. I don't get a rash or get itchy or anything. Other than that, nothing that I know of. And do you take any other regular medications apart from your inhaler? Nah, no. Anything over the counter? Nah, nothing. She'll maybe take a paracetamol if she's hurt herself, but very rarely. Okay. So, Alice, I'm going to ask your dad a few questions about when you were a baby. Is that all right? Yeah, that's fine. So, Brian, you mentioned that Alice got wheezy a lot when she was little. Apart from that, were there any other problems with her health? No, uh, none other than that. 
She was a typical little kid, running around, climbing on whatever she could if you turned her back on her for more than five seconds. And when she was a baby, any problems then? Not that I remember. My wife would be able to tell you better, but I can't recall anything. Her baby checks were always fine, got her jabs, no bother. And what about when your wife was pregnant or during the birth? The pregnancy was fine. Scary since it was our first, but nothing out of the ordinary. She got a bit stuck, though, and they had to use those forceps to get her out. But she was a healthy baby. Did she need any time on the special care baby unit? No. She was born late at night, and we took her home first thing the next morning. And when she was growing up, were there any concerns with her development at all? Oh, no. She was smashing. No bother at school either. Always top of the class. That's great. And who else is at home with you? Just yourselves, your wife and Alice's little brother? Yes, uh, just the four of us. Any pets at all? Just a couple of goldfish. And does anyone smoke at home at all? Definitely not. My wife never has, and I packed in a couple of years before we had Alice. Great. Well, I think that's all the questions I had to ask. I'll just go over what you've both told me, and if I've missed anything or make a mistake, do let me know. So you've had problems with your breathing since you were very little. You used to get wheezy and out of breath and get a cough at night, but that's much better controlled now with your inhalers. You use one of your inhalers morning and night, and the blue one whenever you need it, which is mostly when it's cold and wet, when you're exercising, or if you've been around dogs or dog hair. And you've been into A&E once or twice with your breathing, and only been admitted to hospital once when you were very little? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you have any worries or concerns about your breathing problems? Mm, not really. I know how to use my inhalers when I need it. And I know if it gets bad, I need to go to the GP. I think Mum and Dad worry more than me. Yes, I always worry that she might end up in hospital again, like she did when she was a kid. But that's just part of being a parent worrying. Please summarise your findings and suggest what the most likely diagnosis would be in this patient. Alice is a 15-year-old girl who's had problems with wheeze, nocturnal cough and shortness of breath since she was around three to four years old. These symptoms are well controlled with inhalers, but can be worsened by cold weather, exercise and exposure to dog hair. She was admitted to hospital once as a young child and has had two A&E attendances, but no further admissions. The symptoms Alice and her father describe suggest that the most likely diagnosis is asthma. Okay, what pointed you towards the diagnosis of asthma? Asthma has three typical features, cough, shortness of breath and wheeze, and Alice described all of these symptoms. Classically, there is also diurnal variation with patients describing their symptoms being worse at night or early in the morning, and Alice's father describes a nighttime cough which would be very typical of asthma. Alice has also identified trigger factors for her symptoms, which are very common in asthma, such as cold weather, exercise and animal dander, in this case dog hair. Would you do any investigations to confirm your diagnosis? Asthma is often a clinical diagnosis, and patients are usually started on first step treatment and reviewed after several months to see if symptoms have improved. If the diagnosis was uncertain, a useful investigation would be peak flow and asking patients to keep a peak flow diary, which may help to identify any diurnal variations in peak flow. 
Spirometry may also be useful, as it may be possible to demonstrate reversibility with bronchodilators. However, many patients, when well, will have normal spirometry. And what type of pattern might you see on spirometry in someone with asthma? Asthma would give an obstructive picture due to narrowing of the airways from bronchospasm and inflammation. Very good. Now, you mentioned first step treatment of asthma. What's that? And what would the next steps be? The first step management of asthma is a short-acting beta-2 agonist, such as salbutamol. The next steps would differ depending on the age of the patient. All right, then uh, tell me about what the treatment would be at the age Alice was diagnosed, um, three or four years old. If symptom control was inadequate with just a short-acting beta-2 agonist, the next step would be to add in either an inhaled corticosteroid at a dose of around 2 to 400 micrograms a day, or a leukotriene receptor antagonist such as Montelukast. If control is still inadequate and both of these are needed, then the patient should be referred from primary care to a specialist paediatrician for further management. And how would you manage an older child, say five years or above? The first two steps would be the same, short-acting beta agonist and then inhaled corticosteroid. At step three, you would add in a long-acting beta agonist, such as salmeterol, and then consider Montelukast or oral theophylline. If control was still inadequate, you'd progress to step four, increasing the inhaled corticosteroids to 800 micrograms per day. And step five would be oral steroids. At this point, specialist referral would be indicated. Asthma treatment should also be monitored regularly, moving up the steps to ensure adequate control, but also moving down where possible to get the best control with minimum pharmacological interventions. What would you be monitoring or what would you ask about when reviewing a patient with asthma? You would ask about the frequency and severity of any symptoms and have they changed since altering treatment. This would include how often the patient is requiring their reliever inhaler, any exacerbations which may require treatment in primary care, such as oral steroids or antibiotics, or if the patient has required hospital treatment. You'd also review compliant with the patient's treatment plan and assess inhaler technique. Can you tell me what you would consider a severe asthma attack? A severe asthma attack is characterised by either a peak flow of 30-50% to 50% of the patient's normal or predicted value, tachypnea, tachycardia and inability to complete full sentences in one breath. In case of a life-threatening asthma exacerbation, the patient may have an altered level of consciousness, show signs of cyanosis, have poor respiratory effort and a silent chest on auscultation. Their peak flow may also be less than 33% of predicted and they may be hypoxic. How would you manage a patient with a severe asthma attack? Management would start with an ABCD assessment, as with any acutely unwell patient, and starting with supplemental oxygen to maintain saturations above 94. The first step in treatment would be nebulised salbutamol and ipratropium. Salbutamol nebs can be given back to back if necessary, and ipratropium every four to six hours. Following this would be corticosteroids, oral prednisolone if tolerated, or if this is not possible, then IV hydrocortisone. If I was managing a patient who did not respond to these treatments, I'd ask them for senior help from the medical registrar and would consider informing the critical care team about this patient. The next steps would be IV magnesium sulfate, IV salbutamol or an IV aminophilin infusion, but these wouldn't be initiated without senior support. Thank you very much. That'll be everything. 
MozillaCast is created by Medisense. You can find more ways to learn differently on our website, www.medisense.org.uk. Thanks for listening. Thank you.